0: Welcome to the Word of Life Ministry Sunday morning worship service via conference call. I am your host, Elder Lorraine Hopkins. Our church is located at 1600 Conley Road in Conley, Georgia, 30288. We invite you to take advantage of our food pantry services on Thursdays between the hours of 10 a.m. and noon, and on Saturdays between the hours of noon and 2 p.m. We hope you enjoy today's service and find something in it that will resonate within your heart and drive your love, passion and commitment towards our Heavenly Father. We also hope that you hear something that will help to enhance your relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please sit back, relax, take some really good notes and enjoy the word. Thank you so much for being here today. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I greet you on behalf of our pastors in their absence. Elder Dr. Shelley B. Boone II, you can take your seat. And Elder Dr. Jacqueline and Boone, I thank them for the opportunity to stand in their stead, in their absence, and for instructing this task to me this morning. Um, it comes at an interesting time because we are transitioning, to a new topic, a new area of study. We are entering the resurrection season, the Passover season. Um, Some would refer to it as the Easter season, but we're entering an important season for the saints and the believers of Jesus Christ. And so um, the Lord woke me up early this morning. You know how you're supposed to study and prepare and be tried for weeks and weeks and just didn't have the time. <laughs> and I'm not a morning person, but the Lord woke me up early this morning. Thanks to that little girl right there whose foot was in my back all night long.
1: <laughs> so I thank God for my son and my granddaughter
0: being here with us this morning. But we're going to go ahead and get about our father's business. If you were turning your Bibles with me to the book of Exodus, the twelfth chapter. Exodus chapter twelve. We are going to the book of Exodus chapter twelve. And while you are looking for that, I want to greet the conference line. Um Participants, once again, thank you for riding with us these past couple of years. I want to greet our Facebook Live audience. We thank you for tuning in and being faithful and committed. We thank God for those that are listening on the conference live from the prison. Um, and we thank God for each and every one of you here in this sanctuary on today. If you have arrived at the book of Acts, Exodus chapter 12, and um, if you would just scroll down to the 11th verse, we will begin there. Once you have it, let me know that you have it by standing on your feet to reverence the word of the Lord. Whether you're on Facebook, whether you are on the conference line, um,
1: you can stand in your home, wherever you
0: are. Even if you don't have it, just stand and I will read it into your hearing. And the Bible reads, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. I know King James Version is customary to this house, um, but I'm using the New King James Version because its translation is easier for our young people to follow, and they are present on the line and in the building today. <laughs> and the Bible reads, and thus you shall eat it with the belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet. And your fat in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you from the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day, so this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a seat to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a seat by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread, from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. Father, yet standing, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne of grace, of humble heart, mind, and spirit on this morning, and we just say thank you, God. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for allowing us to see the dawn of a new day. We thank you for new mercies God, that you give us each and every morning. We thank you for an opportunity, God, to just fellowship and back in your presence. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are certainly there in the midst, God. So you don't need an invitation, God, because you guarantee that where there are two, you will show up. Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to repent of any sins that we have committed against you and thought be the word, be an omission or commission, God. Father, we confess that we're sinners, God. We fall short of your glory each and every day, Lord God. But we ask, Lord God, that he would renew us, God, refresh us, God, revive us, God. Help us to constantly lay ourselves on the table of self-examination, God, that we can constantly check and balance our lives to make sure that we are walking the path of righteousness for your name's sake. That our lives may bring you glory, that our behavior may make you proud, and that we may be an example in the living land. God, for others that may not know you in the part of their sin. And Father, I ask that you would just increase in me today, Lord God. I surrender myself as your willingness to do your will, to do your way, Lord God. Don't just speak through me, God, but speak to me as well, God. Use me for your glory, God. Let no flesh glory in this place, but only your Holy Spirit. And I ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is In his name that we pray, let the church say, amen. Amen. All right, y'all, it's been a while, but we're going to work it out. All right. So, we started in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament because I always say that the Old Testament shows us the character of God. We see in the text that um, if you go and you study chapter 12 of Exodus, we see in the text that, um, well, we are familiar, many of us are familiar with the story, but I'll just give you a quick synopsis. The Passover is the period of time where a declaration has been made to kill all of the firstborn of Israel. And so all of the Israelites' firstborns are in danger, they are in jeopardy of being killed. And so, by the decree made by the Egyptian ruler, this was passed. Now, we know that this is the period where Moses is going back and forth, carrying the message and trying to get the Israelites free from their bondage, from their slavery. And so, the, the, the word of the Lord was to let my people go. And in direct rebellion and disbelief, it, was, it just didn't happen. It wasn't going to happen. And so by his own mouth, the leader of the Egyptians, he declared that the firstborn of Israel be killed. And so, it flipped. God said instead of the firstborn Israel being killed, the firstborn Egypt would die instead. Not just the firstborn children, but the firstborn uh, male animals. So every firstborn male in the land had to die. And so, The Israelites were guaranteed protection through the blood. What blood? The blood of the lamb. They had a choice between a male lamb or a male goat. But there were certain criteria that had to be met when it came to this lamb. The lamb had to be without defect, without blemish. It had to be perfect. Okay. So then they were given instructions to take a meal during this time. They were to eat a bit of herbs and they were to um, cook the lamb and feed the lamb that they slaughtered and smeared the blood over their door with. And it was not to be boiled in water, it was supposed to be roasted. And so they were, suppo- were given specific instructions on how to cook it. And then they were to have unleavened bread, clear all the yeast out of their house and eat the meal with unleavened bread. And they were supposed to eat in a way that they don't normally eat. They were supposed to keep their sandals on, had their staff at the table. They were eating in a state of preparation to travel, to move, when the deed was done. So that was almost like confirmation from from God saying, once this thing is over, your freedom is peace. So eat, get full, and be ready. So in obedience, they did what they were supposed to do. They put the blood on the coast and all that good stuff. They slaughtered that lamb without defect, and they ate their meal, and they were eating in preparation, ready to move, just waiting on the deed to be done so they can do what the Lord had instructed. So the New Testament establishes a relationship between this prototypical Passover lamb and the consummated Passover lamb, that is Jesus Christ. Okay? If we look at 1 Corinthians 5, somewhere between verses 3 and 8, we see that refers to Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb, while John 1, verses 29 through 30, somewhere in there, it calls him the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. So there's a direct correlation in what happened with the Israelites and what happened with the Gentiles, okay? Through the shedding of Jesus Christ's blood, Jesus Christ is the Lamb without blemish that would protect us from the destroyer, right? And the thing that would destroy us would be our sin, and so we did guarantee to pass over a life of um, eternity in the pit of hell and a guarantee of life everlasting with Jesus Christ um, for all eternity with our Father, right? So there's a direct correlation there. And so in order for us to arrive at that place to be able to receive that gift, there are things that we have to do. So Exodus lays out a very specific example to us as believers today that helps us to be prepared for the Passover. Now, the need has already been done. Christ has already died. His blood has been shed. And the gift has been given for us to take part in the gift of salvation. All we need to do is we got to believe, right? We have to come back, right? There are those little steps that we are, all given. um, Normally every Sunday when the altar is open, like all you got to do is believe in your heart and, you know, all these different things. But salvation is not a one-time event, right? Come on, y'all talk to me. Is it a one-time event? Has to be worked out all the rest of the days of your life. People backslide. Hebrews 10 and 26 says that if we know the truth and we deliberately defy it, we're no longer under the grace. Read your Bible. Hebrews 10 and 26 be humble. Okay? It's important for us to understand. While we are under the grace of God, we still have a responsibility to God to live a holy life. Doesn't give us a license because we're saved to do what we want to do when we want to do it how we want to do it, and then just say, okay, I'm gonna repent. And see, people think that repentance is just getting on your knees saying, okay, Lord, I'm sorry, and then you get up tomorrow, you do the exact same thing. The devil is a life. Repentance needs to change. Repentance needs to change. That's why the Bible tells us to renew our minds in the things of the Lord. When we repent, we have to seek God's faith so that we can change, take off the old man, put on the new man, and move forward in the things of Christ. It's not a license for us to sin willfully and willingly and still think that we're okay. Stay with me, Amen. salvation is not a license to sin. Salvation is an invitation to come to Christ just as you are, flawed, imperfect, and work out what's in you each and every day. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect tomorrow. Doesn't mean that all that stuff falls off. But something has to change.
1: Your heart has
0: to change. Your mind has to change. You have to have a desire within you to be a better man or woman today than you were yesterday. That never stops. Because some people, you know, we arrive at a place and we feel like, I'm safe and I'm good. I don't have to aspire to be better anymore. I have arrived. And we turn our nose up, at other people because we've arrived and they haven't, and we cast judgment on them, and we're sinning in that moment when we do that thing. Instead of us trying to reach our hand and extend a hand to help that brother or sister who is in the same place that we used to be, maybe our brother as open for the world to know or for the open for the people to see. For God knows. God has seen.
1: It's not okay
0: for us to walk around and lie and pretend to be something that we are not. The world needs to see transparency. The world needs to see us confess our sins and be open about where we were and where God brought us from so that they can trust that the same God that did a good work in you can do a good work in them too. And when we walk around like we've always had it all together, we never made no mistakes. We're not helping the next name. We don't wear our sin like a badge of honor. We wear our testimony and our salvation as such. When we see what the if your life went through, we see a process take place we see them begin to seek God. While they're in the, in the slave pits and they're toiling in the clay and they are, are being whipped under the master's lash. we hear them and we see them seeking God. We hear them praying and crying out to God as they endure the harsh treatment of the Egyptian rulers. We see them continue to press forward and continue to just call on the name of God and believe that the prophecy that has been foretold is going to come to pass. We don't see a whole lot of wavering in their faith. We don't see a whole lot of back and forth. We see even the elders who had endured the bondage the longest holding on to the promise. The second thing that we see is we see them waiting it out in faith. In faith. We see their faith activated because our Bible tells us that faith without work works is dead, right? Some people, when we think in terms of um, our own history and slavery, we hear stories of how um, mothers would kill their children rather than allow their children to be born into slavery. Some people would kill themselves so that they don't have to endure the hardships of the slavery anymore. But when we look at these people, these people continue... To work and do what they needed to do and trust the promise that was given by God. They remained patient, believing that their deliverer would come and relieve them of their suffering. Which brings me to my third point. We have to continue in the faith. We have to continue in the faith. We have to continue in the faith and not let our circumstances, um, our situations of life be us and in our beliefs. We have to continue in the faith, we have to continue worshiping, we have to continue praying, we have to continue sharing the gospel, we have to continue sharing the good news, we have to continue to share our testimony, we have to continue to believe us no matter what we're going through. We all go through stuff. My week has been so bad out of life, Lord. I am not driving a Harley on Sunday. I am about to call Elder Brown and tell her she got the stuff. up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm keeping it 100 with you, you know, because that's what we have to be. We have to be transparent because life will hit you with some stuff. You will feel like you was in the ring with Muhammad Ali and you looking for your job. Like, did I leave it over there? Is it on the canvas? Did it get knocked out the ring? That's how life can hit us sometimes. It will knock you off balance. It will, um, cause you to question. It will cause you to doubt everything that you believe in and know to be true. Because that is the thing and the trick of the enemy. That's how he operates. He operates through deception to beware us and keep us from standing strong or walking firmly in our faith. But even in the midst of all of that, we have to know how to go back to the source and reaffirm and reacclimate ourselves with the truth and the promises of God's word. Because at the end of the day, this too shall pass. At the end of the day, the thing that's supposed to take you out if you just believe the pastor will come. Deliverance will come. My fourth point is for when God answers. So we're waiting on God for stuff. And <laughs> I know we're sitting here. His time is not our promise. <laughs> a day to us is like a thousand years to Him, you know, because sometimes. You know, let's be real. If it's so tough, we would be like, Lord, no, I need you to step out of eternity into time and make this thing happen tomorrow. And if we're honest with ourselves, we've all had those moments where we need God to show up today. God, I can't carry this on my shoulders for six months not knowing how this is going to work out. God, I can't carry this on my shoulder for the next seven years. God, I need my year to Jubilee today. I need to be delivered today. I need this result today. That's how it is sometimes, right? And we have to go back to this lovely book here and know that it can happen like that. It can happen like that. Because if we look in the Bible and we look at testimonies such as the woman with the issue of blood, when we look at the centurions, when we look at the effort who was healed, those people got their deliverance for themselves and for the people, the security, one of his soldiers. They got their deliverance because they had the faith to believe it could be done. But when we get into this um, state where we get discombobulated and we forget and we lose focus, then we find ourselves traveling down a journey or a path that we don't have as long as we are because we just want um, focus on where we need to put our faith. Because the Bible says, if you keep your eyes straight on me, right? If you seek me first, the kingdom of heaven, and all of this righteousness, everything that she said in need of will be added unto you. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will grant the desires of your heart. If we don't lose sight of where we need to keep our focus, we can have it that way. He said if you speak to this mountain and say we cat from here into the sea, it can be done. But it's all done by the measure of our faith. Faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed is all you need. And that ain't much. And this word is for me, it you ain't know, for y'all. I told you. Like when he got me up this morning, <laughs> like, Yeah, this for you. This for you. Because you have about to be sitting in something for some months because you let a little doubt come in. You starting to question some things. Yeah. And I need to remind you to get into this word and remember what I said. Yeah. And I need you to begin to confess and declare and decree that it is already worked out. Why are you worried about something that may happen six months from now? The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 24 to worry about the things of today because tomorrow has it, its own struggles. If I can just get through today
1: and then tomorrow, if I can just
0: get through that day and then the next day, if I could just get through that day, half the battle is already won. Which brings me to my fifth point. Appreciate the promise. Appreciate the blessing. See, when you follow the instructions of God, he will guide you through the storm. When you follow the instructions of God, he will prepare you for what is to come. When you follow the instructions of God, when you seek his faith, he will provide you protection. See, that's what the Passover was for the people, right? In their houses. When the destroyer was coming and killing the firstborn of Egypt, it protected them. When you follow the instructions of God, it assures complete deliverance from whatever the matter is with a path that leads you directly to the promise that leads you straight to the deliverance that you're seeking. And when you get to that place, appreciate it. You show your, your appreciation by testifying and sharing how good God has been so that he can receive the glory. Testify about the nights that you cried and that you worried and God wants you comfort to your spirit. Testify about your moments where you felt weak and he made you strong. Testify about what he did, what he brought you through, how he did it. Share it with others. So that they can be led to the promise just like you. And once we bring you out, don't return to the mess that you delivered you from. Ooh, we got a bad habit doing mm. that. She's shaking her head. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> I don't care if it's your children. If God tells you Leave 'em. I got it. Don't jump back over there trying to interfere. You stay on your knees on the post of the position and pray and trust that God got that. I am about to lose another night's sleep over that. They made the choice, they got the better consequence.
1: And I know as parents, we want to save them
0: from it. We don't want them to go through it. We ain't raise them like that. They know better. But that's all right. The same God that covers and protects you is going to protect them and send them through whatever they need to go through. Because my Bible says, I've never seen a righteous forsaken nor get seed begging for food. Doesn't matter what it is. And when we get to the promise, when we get to the place of deliverance, Enhance your relationship with him. It's easy to pray when you going through all kind of chaos in your life. It's easy to get in your Bible when everything looks crazy. But you know what happens when things are going good? When things are going good, we walk around like um we put God back on a back burner. We don't sit down in the morning and pray and we don't get up in the Bible and start reading. We don't start speaking and pulling out. No. That's where we mess it up. When things get good, it's easy to get complacent because we're walking around, we don't have a care in the world. we like, yeah, we still be like, praise the Lord, I'm blessed and highly favored and all this other stuff. But what we're not doing is we're not nurturing the relationship with God. We're not giving him the same time, energy, and effort. But when all chaos breaks out, we want to be fasting and praying 40 days and for 40 nights. We, we got all the time in the world. For the Lord again because we need him to show up and show out. But don't wait till chaos break out. Maybe it's going to come as often if you show up and show out with him when everything is good. Enhance the relationship. Keep praying in the good time. Keep worshiping when all is well. Keep serving when things are good. Don't get too busy for God when you get your blessing. Stay in there. Go back to point three. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. The title of this message today was the Passover Lane. We are blessed to have an opportunity to break bread and to fellowship with the Passover Lane. Just like the Egyptians were blessed and protected from hurt, harm, and danger in the time of Exodus, we today have an opportunity to fellowship and to break bread and be protected from hurt, harm, and danger from the Passover land. That lamb went to a mountain, he carried a cloth, he wore a crown of thorns on his head. He was nailed to a cross. He died a horrible death of suffocation so that you could have life, so that you could have a place to come and lay your burdens down, so that you could repent of your sins and that you could change, that you could make a choice, a choice to live for him, a choice to die in him, a place where you can be safe, safe to come just as you are, just as you are, no judgment, lay it all at his feet. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is your opportunity to come. Today is your opportunity to give him your life, Today is your opportunity to, um, to trust and to believe yeah. and to move in faith, to come to the faith. Yeah. If you are a Christian and perhaps you don't know if you've backslidden, perhaps you don't know if, you know, some people like me, when I first got saved, I thought I was saved because I had been going to church all my life. You know, I thought I was a Christian by default. <laughs> I thought I was a Christian because my mommy and my daddy told me so, right? But
1: salvation is an
0: individual choice. Your mom can't choose it for you. Your daddy can't choose it for you. grandma, right? Nobody can do that. You have to choose Christ for yourself. And so if that's you, if you're not sure, you're in a place of uncertainty, just right where you are. We're going to pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace acknowledging that we are sinners. And we ask your forgiveness on today. We believe, Father, that you died for the sins of the people. And we believe that you rose from the dead. You rose from the grave on the third day with all power in your hands. We turn from our sin on today And we invite you to come into our hearts, to come into our lives. And we want to trust you with every issue. All of our past sins, we lay them before you, God. And we ask that you would reintroduce yourself to us each and every day as we continue to work out our salvation. Help us to constantly lay ourselves on the table of self-examination. We know that we'll never reach perfection, God we never reach reaching because if we did or we could, we wouldn't need you. So we ask, Father, that you would just allow your grace to shine upon us. We accept your gifts that you give to us freely. We want to trust you and follow you as Lord and Savior of our lives. We receive it all today. We believe it. In Jesus' name we pray. We really hope that you enjoyed today's message and that it was truly a blessing to your soul. We would like to thank you again for tuning into our podcast. God bless you and have a wonderful day.